0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: Welcome to the Gym Wards Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Fusion Personal Training Studio, Malton, New York. Will Young, thanks for being with us today.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Uh, you are very welcome, sir. I appreciate your time. Let's jump into it. Give us the overview. What's Fusion all about?
2: So Fusion is basically a high-end personal training studio where I train about 51-hour 50 sessions a week. I have a, I have a new facility over 1,500 square feet with all new rogue equipment, TRX suspension straps. Um, I've, I'm highly focused on my client's Um, I take them through a very um measurable progression type program where they can see and feel the 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 progression each week. Um I'm not just taking them through like a workout of the day, which of course is a time and place for that, but I like to I like my clients to actually see and feel the progression rather than just kind of like blindly leading them through a workout program.
1: Got it, got it. So true, true customized workouts. It's not like you put a workout of the day on the board and they're getting a one-on-one version of that. It's something right. that's specific to whoever's coming in. So in a week, potentially, if you do 50 sessions, not to say that some people won't have similar needs, but to some degree, 50 different workouts are going to happen in the Exactly.
2: Studio. Yeah. And, and yeah, of course, people are going to have similar needs, but it is definitely specific to that person because each person is different, you know, whether it's coming from injuries, whether it's somebody who wants to lose fat or you know a, a, a person who's never been able to like gain muscle and you know you have to tailor it to them that way as far as like the nutrition and the workout program
1: Yeah for sure for sure okay so we're gonna dive a little bit more into what you're doing in a few minutes but give us some of the background you've been in business for about 12 years uh, you've had some history in the game so tell us how this got started for you and you know what's what's really been you know the the catalyst for staying with it this long. You know, there's a lot of yeah. a lot of flash in the pan. A lot of people dip their toes in and are out in a couple of years. So uh, give us yeah. a backstory.
2: Yeah, so my backstory is I grew up in the restaurant business. My family owned three Italian restaurants and I worked in those restaurants but always had a love for fitness. And I was always fit until I hit about 26 years old. I'm 43 now until about 26 years old and I started getting really out of shape. And by 30, I was in the worst shape of my life. Um, you know, honestly, like 70 pounds heavier than I am now. So I just like, I went, honestly, I went to the doctor and I was like, oh man, I have like some hip and knee pain. And the doctor just flat out was like, dude, you're overweight. Like, that's why you have hip and knee pain anyway. So that was the catalyst where I was like, you know what? I've always loved the fitness business and, or the fitness industry. I'm going to lose weight. As I was losing weight, I started up my personal training business, just at like a local gym. I had like, you know, three clients a week. And I just worked hard and was disciplined for myself to lose weight and then to build my own um, business. And with that, it's, it's really made me a better trainer because I know exactly what it takes and I can really relate with any, relate to anyone wherever they are in their fitness journey because I've had to you know, lose the weight and get fit myself. So to answer your question, the catalyst of why I've been doing it so long is, is that's really the reason is I, I genuinely love helping people, you know, get healthy and reach their fullest potential and, you know, kind of bust through some of the, the fitness myths and, um, you know, healthy lifestyle myths, as far as like, you know, having a diet bot is, is a healthy thing. It's like, no, it's not like, let's be real. Let's, let's get healthy. Cause you're going to feel, you're going to feel more energized and you're going to you know you're going to be able to live your life to your fullest potential once you once you're able to get to your to your healthiest and fittest fittest person.
1: All right. So you started. You have your personal journey. Then you start personal training clients in in other gyms. So yeah. In 2010, you decide. You know, there's some some confluence of events and circumstances. You say it's right. time for me to go out and do this on my own. So what what things were happening there what you know i'm sure there were things you liked and didn't like about yes in other gyms so what right. were the what were the, yeah. the things that drove you there
2: yeah it's actually a good question because it was at the gym i was working at they were gonna close and they literally gave us like three days notice so I was like Oof. and i know and just you know I actually was like writing my goals down and being like, you know, within the next year, I'd love to open up my own personal training studio. And then boom, I get a three days notice. I start looking around the area. I found a a very small, like office, like space that the landlord was willing to rent out to me. And, and that was, that was it. so my first gym was my first personal training studio was super small. I had very standard basic equipment, but just kind of built it up from there. Didn't, didn't want too much overhead until I had the, the, you know, the, the right amount of clientele.
1: Got it. Okay. So that was 2010. Yeah. Here we are 12 years later, you're in, you know, a brand new studio that you just had built out, but between 2010 and now had to be some, some significant milestones, some things that have happened along the way. So what stands out for you from the, from the business point of view that have, that have gone on over the last 12 years?
2: Yeah. I mean, everything, I mean, everything was pretty standard business. You know, you have the ups and downs, but of course, when, when COVID hit, that was, um, anyone who's in the, the the fitness industry knows how hard, how hard that was. I mean, we had to close our, our studios, even the small boutique studios, like myself, we had to close it along with the big gyms up until I think it was the end of August. So March through the end of August. Um, I would say that that was the biggest one. Um, and it was, it was definitely really tough. And the, the thing that I did for clients and, and just people that I didn't know is I was hosting um, live workouts on my Facebook page. And it was free for anyone who wanted to, I just wanted to give back to the community and to my clients and not like, you know, beg people for money or anything like that. Um, just because, you know, in the time of uncertainty, people were scared, especially in the beginning and they just wanted to keep working out. All the gyms were closed. So I offered that as far as um, uh, training and workouts went for clients.
1: Okay. So, you know, COVID kind of that got you into, you know, training people online, doing some Facebook workouts and, you know, you are working on going harder into the online space. Right. We speak, this is something that you're building out was COVID the first kind of push over the edge into that kind of got your, your feet wet. And you said, Hey, maybe there's something to this. Like, how is that one thing translated to what you're doing now?
2: Yeah, definitely. Because during that time, while I was, you know, doing those free workouts, I also was building my online program. And I created like this eight week mini program that I was selling to people for like $197, I think. And I sold a bunch of them. And I was like, man, there's definitely something to this. Maybe I can do something that's on a larger scale. And I Mm -hmm. kind of put it you know, to the side, just because once I reopened, I was like, all right, let's, I got to build up my business again, you know, more than half my clients left and didn't come back, you know, for a number of reasons, people lost their jobs didn't have money for personal training, whatever. So now, now I'm, I'm, you know, focused on launching that online business once again. So
1: got it. So that, that got the, that the wheels turning, you start to realize like, Hey, you know this. This is something that you know. After years of delivering in-person service, you saw that was there was value in it. You could still yeah. deliver. You know, it's never going to be the exact same as in-person, but right. something to a standard that you were comfortable enough with, and allowed you to help more people because you're yeah. a personal trainer. There's just one of you, even as you've um, expanded out into you know, small group and semi-private, there's still only so much of you. So right. was, was that the main catalyst is like, hey, I want to help as many people as possible. I can do more good. I can reach yeah. people that aren't in my town. Were, were those the main drivers of it for you?
2: Yeah, that was definitely the main drivers because I, I realized that I can just, you, know, you can reach a larger scale and also free up time for yourself with a uh, online um, training or with an online program.
1: Have you found that um, anybody who, and th- this may be New York specific, and um, I just, I know restrictions were a little bit different. Have you had any, anybody that, you know, was with you and went through the, the Facebook training and maybe moved away out of New York or goes back and forth, but that you've kept as an online client that you might've otherwise lost?
2: Yeah, totally. And, um, and these people, the, the cool thing about the program is, is like, they can just continue to do that program. So they're still members in my online training program. And it's, it's the, the whole program's already built for them, and they can do it at their own time. And inside the membership site, I have, you know, all the videos um you know, a downloadable PDF where they can fill, fill in the PDF for their particular workout of the day. So yeah, those people that bought the program during COVID are still members and actively using the the workout to this day. That's, you know, people have moved away, of course. So
1: I think that's one of the things that gets, it's, it gets over and looked a lot in the online training is Yes, it's a way to reach more people. Yes, it's a way to increase your revenue. Yes, it's a, a value add for people coming in. But it's also a really good retention tool. You know, if you have, especially in a higher end clientele, you you know, your personal training studio, boutique, higher end. You have people that can afford to travel or maybe they need to travel a lot. So rather than them saying, I'm going to put my sessions on hold or membership or I'm going to, you know, it's like, well, hey, hold on a second. Like we can still work together. You don't have to cancel. Maybe we can change your level of service. But you know, for people that are in it, they want to stay with it, generally speaking. Yeah. It just gives yeah. them one more way. So it's a great retention tool, too, for especially in the higher end areas. You know, I think that somebody who's paying a $10 a month, you know, Globo Gym membership. <laughs> It's yeah. not really going they can just go wherever they are. It doesn't matter. Wherever,
2: wherever they travel, exactly. Hotel gym
1: or do yeah. something, whatever it is. But if they have a trainer. It's like, oh crap, what do I do? And like, you talk right. to anybody who's had a trainer for any amount of time, they love their trainer, right? If they don't love you, they're gone. They'll find someone <laughs> exactly. else. So it's like, how, how can I still see you? Oh, cool, we can do this. Great. Right. And then it, there aren't a lot of silver linings with COVID, but it forced everybody to learn how to Zoom or go to yeah. Microsoft Teams or Google me. So it's like, Hey, whatever yeah. you're using, I'll see you there, buddy. So, Absolutely. so definitely a, a lot of upside there and, and you're taking advantage of that. So on the other side of that coin, again, with you having a full book of clientele, you've got this new space, you're utilizing it, but you do have some extra space there. So one of the other things you've started to consider is bringing on maybe an additional trainer or two, correct? Yeah. yeah. Is this is this the first time in your twelve years that you've gone down this path, or have you explored it previously?
2: I've explored it previously. Previously, I actually had a um, for a few years. I had a, um, and a my personal training studio, and then a small group training facility. And I was doing that, and it was it was it was just me. And I got like it was a lot to manage both of them, so I just kind of like shut down the group training and went back. To just solely look work, working on um, the personal training, but you know, then when I was hiring trainers, I mean, trainers were like knocking on my door and like begging to work for me. And now it's like I think it's the same. I don't know if it's like this everywhere in the country, but I, all of my a lot of my clients are entrepreneurs and own businesses, and they're all like it's super tough finding help right now.
1: So. Yeah, for, for sure. Then the, yeah. you have the nationwide labor labor yeah. shortage, yeah. and then on top of that it's, you know, we lost a lot of trainers who were kind of on the cusp before COVID that right. went out and, you know, got a job in some other industry. Exactly. And, you know, if they if they weren't in a position that showed them a lot of potential, the ability for it to be full-time, for it to be a career, they're, they're just done. They're like, all right, right. you know, we, that tr- I did the trainer thing, I tried it, it didn't work out. And for people like you who it sounds like Uh, can offer somebody the potential to have a career position and not be a part you know go be a bartender waiter actor also trainer Person who really wants to do it you're still there like hey guys like you know if anybody's really dedicated to this and meets the standards like come earn a good living here so yeah
2: literally could give you a full-time position
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's tough there's yeah. You know, I see more, more and more. There's online resources. There, you know, websites like fitness specific data banks. Um, I see people going to local colleges and universities trying to get people who are maybe in a strength and conditioning program. Yeah. Or yeah. So, like, what place? You know, what rocks are you looking under right now? And has anything in particular shown any promise?
2: Um. So I haven't done any of what you mentioned, which is probably. A smart thing to do and start to starting to look at but i've just been kind of like talking to people i i know oh you know b- being in the restaurant industry and now in the fitness industry i basically know everyone in the in the area okay, so so I've, I've inter-
3: right.
2: right so i've interviewed a bunch of people and i have one prospect who could really be awesome but she just has to get her um her um her certificate so she's in the process of doing that right now so she actually could be starting pretty soon. So, yeah.
1: Very cool. So there's, yeah. there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel there. Yeah,
2: absolutely. No doubt about it.
1: Okay. So we've kind of talked about how you've built the business and some of the different arms of it. Um, but not specifically the execution. Um, if I could describe it, it, it comes across to me as, you know, super high attention, very high instruction, um, you know just just really the 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 tip of the of of the needle like the smallest percent of like we're getting real personal personal training like yeah. you're all about attention like you know kind of being in somebody's side pocket while they're training and this it sounds like it's part and parcel to this specific method that you've developed over the years so can you tell us a little bit about both of those and how they kind of get interwoven
2: yeah absolutely so so, yeah, that's definitely the way I would explain it is it's definitely very high end and mostly just because of the attention that I give people. I'm very much, you know, correcting form and, and constantly watching my clients perform the exercise or the circuit of whatever they're doing and, and, and constantly, you know, correcting their form if, if, if they need it and, and teaching them proper form. So, and as far as, as far as the method goes, I'm, I'm, I'm really huge on strength training and the core basics of strength training, as far as, you know, the compound lifts, and then of course, sprinkle in some isolation exercises, and then some, um, you know, body weight, stuff like that, and circuits at the end, but the, the core is where the measurable progression comes from. So whether you're doing, let's say a barbell squat, you know, the measurable progression is going to come from how we count the reps and then based on how many reps you're able to get in those three sets the next week is we increase the weight by five pounds or so. So if you can't get the, the the proper amount of reps or the weight is too heavy, or, you know, you're still working on getting to that max rep, then we stay at that weight until you can get to that max rep, just mostly for safety and also pushing the client in a safe and progressive way.
1: Okay. So you're you you built in progression, but you allow for repetition or regression if needs be, exactly based on the individual. Uh, you know, yeah. could be bad day, bad night's sleep, bad exactly. food, COVID, anything could happen. So you're right. allowing that in your programming and showing people like, hey, this is what we intend to do today. This is what we got. This is what we're going to do next time. So really going heavy on the information of it too, keeping giving them really in the loop of what to expect
2: absolutely yep and yeah exactly and then they know what to they know what they're going to do coming in they know that you know today's you know leg day we're going to be doing barbell squats and and deadlifts and like you just said you know life happens people can get sick people get bad night's sleep so you know i'm gonna adjust i'm gonna i'm not gonna be like hey look at last week you got 300 pounds and i know you feel like crap today but we're still gonna do 300 pounds but we can you know you can adjust the weight a little bit adjust the rep range adjust the you know just the way that the tempo of the workout too it doesn't always have to be a weight increase it can be the tempo of the exercise also so got
1: it okay so that's kind of the general overview of the actual training and you and I, I'm sure, could geek out for hours on all the nuance of that. But yeah, of course. within the parameters that we have here, um, are there other things that you're layering on in your field of scope, like any degree of nutrition programming, supplementation, lifestyle coaching? Are you bringing any of those or all of those into the picture?
2: Yeah, I would say I bring all of those into the picture. I do, I do customize nutrition plan as well. So when a new client signs up, I write, you know, based on their, I do weigh in, you know, body fat percentage, fat mass, lean mass, some circumference measurements. And then based on that and based on what their goals are, I, I, um, write up a nutrition plan for them via PDF. And it's, you know, it's, it's based mostly based on, you know, your calories in calories out. Um, it's just a science that in my opinion, just for some reason is just can't be argued with it just says like if you overeat you're gonna get fat that's just the way it works but of course but of if course you're, then you're
1: I, human that applies to
2: you <laughs> that's just the way it goes exactly Yeah, for sure and vice versa if you're looking to lose fat you need to be in a slight calorie deficit um all that stuff so but i also try and teach people to eat you know you know the nutrient dense foods because you know, I don't want somebody being in a calorie deficit and eating like Twinkies and cookies and stuff like that. You still, you still need to have, you know, nutrient dense foods because that's going to help, help you feel full longer and actually help you feel satisfied so that you're not constantly snacking on like potato chips and things like that. And then like, as far as like the life coaching goes, I mean, you know, one-on-one, I mean, if anyone's done personal training before, you know, your clients tell you everything. So even if I'm not (laughs) properly trained to give them advice, I try to at least listen and and help them along the way. So,
1: yeah. And is all of that generally just included in your session rates? Do you do anything that's extra or a la carte? Or is it, if you've got sessions, this is what you're getting. This is it. Yeah.
2: It's all included in the price outside of the online training. So I have clients who travel. If they wanted to buy the the online training program just for the traveling, that's the only thing that's basically addition additional.
1: Okay, all yeah. right. So um, I want to talk about how potentially you know the kind of a big buzz lately is is wrapping technology around a lot of those things. So first and foremost, you said that you you do a lot of initial measurements and <clears> testing <throat> with clients that come in. Is this all manual, old school tape measure stuff? Do you use any of these? you know new technological pieces of, of wonder that are magic scales you use anything like that yeah,
2: I tried one of those magic scales and the, the body fat percentage just wasn't accurate um so yeah I, I still do it old school and it's the most accurate way to get it um it was the way I was taught and if you want in my opinion a full accurate readout of your body fat percentage and fat mass lean mass that's that's the best way to go
1: Okay. I don't, I don't have a dog in the fight either way. I know some yeah. people love their fit 3d or their, right. there's, there's all these, they, they seem to be coming out like one every couple months now, you know, yeah, I body was the big one for, for years. And yeah, I've seen some of the wild inconsistencies, you know, it's, so you get the, you know, is it a gimmick? Is it useful? You know, they'll tell you that it's operator error. Sometimes all these, right, it's yeah. like, Hey, you know, but you you've used that you stick with it your clients like it really that's all yeah, that. as long yeah. as as long as you're consistent you know and it's you're not a guy who's you know a year into it where you're pulling the tape tight some days and it's right, exactly you know it's it's a calibrated <laughs> tape measure so yeah. how about for other other aspects you know um are you using any type of tracking or messaging software with your in person clients versus the online clients, is it? are you doing a lot of manual communication? Like what is what degree does technology, if any, play into that?
2: It's a lot of manual communication. And I found that for, for my clients, it just gives it this more personal touch. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why my longevity and, and just the retaining of clients and how busy I am because it it just, instead of like a piece of technology telling them or answering their question, like I'm personally answering their question for them and my clients literally text me. So, (laughs) so that's kind of, like I said, it's still old school. Like I track all their stuff and like, and, and basically my own, you know, notebook that I created for, for each client. So, but by you know, pen and paper. So,
1: so you're not even rocking the Google Sheets or anything no, like that. I've tried
2: it, and it's just I don't know. It's just not. It's just not for me.
1: Hey, you know, it, yeah. it's working for you, right? To yeah. To a degree, yeah. it's vein broke. Don't fix it, and that's. I think that's one of the things that you know for people that have frame of reference. Like, if you were trying to run. Bootcamp gym that had three hundred people. Exactly, then you'd never be able to keep up with that, even at the Absolutely percentage not. of can do it. Right, but your boutique, it's niche. Um, what What's your range? I know with personal trainers, a lot of times it's sessions, but of of unique people, personalities that you feel comfortable, you know, managing relationships with. Is it like thirty to fifty? Is it you know twenty to seventy five? Is there a comfortable range for you where you feel like you can give that high-end personal service and then just let the sessions fill out where they can?
2: You mean specifically talking about my current clients?
1: Yeah, or like, do you have a, a like a theoretical max? I know that sessions are what really max you out, right? If you had right. 10 people doing five sessions a week, that's it. But like, is there a, a number of client relationships where you feel like you can maintain that level of personal service?
2: Yeah, I would say, I would say, it's, um. I would say it's at the, the 50% or 50 to 75% of the maximum. Okay. Yeah.
1: And and from there, have you ever, have you ever gone beyond that noticed any sort of drop off? Have you, have yeah. you at, at that kind of jagged edge and, yeah, absolutely. and to pull back and say, all right, Hey, this is, this is where I feel like I'm giving the value that I'm. Yeah. Selling?
2: Yeah. That's a good question because I did. And that was kind of before COVID and um. I was like at just a huge capacity, like even starting training at like 5 a.m. And it was just from me being overworked. It was taking away from sessions. But, you know, just that person, that personal experience from sessions, because by Friday, I was just or Thursday, even I was just totally burnt out.
1: So, Um, yeah. So you've experimented with it. You you know where it can go. All right. So we got the backstory. We know you're going into the online world. Hopefully we're going to add a trainer or two at at some point as that comes along. Is there anything else in the works for you? Is there anything else that you see coming down the line short term, long term, bigger studio, multiple, or do you feel like you have enough on your plate right now that you're not even not even in what if world?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely have enough on my plate and it, it, keeps me busy, which, you know, I like, and these are, you know, big goals of mine, but I'm always looking down, um, you know, the barrel, so to speak. And I would love to open uh, a studio. Actually it's funny because I was, I was like, man, I'd love to open a studio in Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> so that's that's show you, I'll
1: show you around town, man.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's something down the line and you know once you start putting things into motion you never know how how quick and it can come i say like sometime next year or two years but who knows the opportunity knocks and you know you gotta you gotta go for it
1: that's that's how i ended up here so i can relate oh. there okay yeah so last last kind of topic or question that we're gonna hit a little bit of a philosophical and look back you you've been in the game you know 12 years as an owner a few years before that I never ask anybody if they would change anything, but if there's any advice or piece of wisdom or anything that you could go back and give yourself along the way, is there anything that stands out that you wish you could tell yourself somewhere along the path?
2: Yeah, just, just focus in the moment and like like look towards the future as far as like work goes, but in a positive way and, and not worry about like if you're going to get enough clients, if this client is gonna re-sign up, at least for me, my like worrying and just created like anxiety, unnecessary anxiety throughout the growth of the business. And looking back, it's like, dude, everything was fine. you were just going through the motions and you literally were torturing yourself by, you know, creating these unrealistic scenarios in the future that never happened. So really just live in the moment, work hard. If you're working hard and you're dedicated, you know, things are going to fall in the place for you.
1: Love it. Love it. Yeah. I always say that, you know, for people that have any amount of longevity in this business, when we look back, it's always like, you know, whether they wish they started sooner or yeah. wish that they, you know, kicked themselves in the butt at somewhere along the way. It's like, if you know you have the passion for what you're doing, like you've said, you know, you just truly enjoy helping people and the work ethic to back it up. Just keep pushing forward. Right. Keep pushing forward, yeah you know, it's not going to be a straight line. It's going to be jagged. Just say, all right, is. Th- this is one of those times. Yeah. Let's just keep working hard. Let's just keep yeah. helping people. So Absolutely. love it, man. All right. Uh, easy question to wrap up here. If people want to find out more about you, see what you're doing, who yeah. knows, maybe there's there's a trainer upstate that's just dying to work at a, a badass studio and, and build a career. Where are the best places to find you?
2: Yeah, you can find me online at my website, fusionpersonaltrainingstudio.com you can shoot me an email fusion training uh, will at fusion training method.com. Um, I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, I answer my email super fast. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, which are both, you know, fusion personal training on Instagram or on Facebook and Instagram. So yeah. If anyone's awesome, looking for I'm so,
1: training, I'm with, yeah you're you're able to get those handles just straight up fusion personal training no yeah spaces underscores backslashes all that stuff so check out will check out fusion personal training well it's been a pleasure having you on today i appreciate you taking the time yeah. with us Thanks, i wish man. you continued success
2: thank you so much i really appreciate it this was fun
1: you're, you're welcome and everybody out there listening We appreciate you. We know we wouldn't be here without you listening. We hope you found value, inspiration, and education in this episode. If you want to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Jim Ward's out.
0: Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode.
4: What's going on everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lloyds podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald and joining us on the show is Mr. David Alfonso of Optimal Fitness Community coming to you from Naples, Florida. David, what's going on sir? How are you today?
5: How's it going? It's a good day so far.
4: It's a good day any day. We're above ground at least. So David, obviously, I mean, the the point of us being here on this podcast is to talk about Optimal Fitness and and what it is that you do from a day-to-day standpoint from a business perspective. Before we get into the business and the strategy and the tactics and all of that, tell us a little bit about what this business is. What is Optimal Fitness when you describe it to people?
5: Um, It's basically a place where you can bring friends and family in your community to share pretty much fitness goals and help each other out it's not your typical gym where you go and a global gym where just there's machines and another thing is we do a lot of events so we do a lot of seminars and we do like barbecues we go to top um I mean we bring bounce house we do stuff for the kids uh last year we raised over four thousand dollars for leukemia so we give all that back to the community it stays here in like Naples and Bonita so let's find a way to um embrace our community to bring everyone together.
4: Okay. Take us back to when the idea of this all came about, when you were thinking, hey, I'm gonna venture out, I'm gonna open up my own business. When was it and, and what was your original goal with starting something like this?
5: Uh, about two years ago, I think we all, you know, nationwide, we got through this COVID issue where we had to shut down our business. So I had a personal training studio, so that had to be closed for two months completely. So I was like, my God, like, when do I ever get back to work? Do I ever do what I love to do? So that's when you start sitting around, like, do I need to change careers? Should I go through, like, selling cars? What should I do? And at that moment, um, shut that reading down. Um, and then I started clicking. You know, I really love CrossFit. I'm a competitor CrossFitter. So I was like, all right, um, you know what? i love to get back into the group training environment again. And I was looking, started looking for places and, you know, brick and mortar are to that you know, $10,000 a month, $8,000. Right, right. So I was looking at warehouses and kind of fit the right warehouse. Um, and then just got the warehouse going and right through the whole COVID, decided to start building the place out, like uh-huh. changing it up.
4: Yep. When was it that you actually opened the doors for this?
5: Uh, Exactly. You're looking about... 18 months ago.
4: Okay, so about a year and a half in, what's been, let me let me ask you this the, the question this way because I think this is an interesting perspective. What's been your favorite part about running this business and what's been the most challenging part about running this business?
5: The most fun running the business is I get to work out with the members and mm. the athletes and clients. Love that. Um, you know, I'm one of those guys that I just don't appreciate. You don't drink wine. Don't drink beer. Like, no, we're human. So like I go with my clients and drink a glass of wine have fun. That's the most fun process of it. And that's why we all get into opening a business, uh, especially fitness because we want to work out. The most draining part of the business is the financial part, the, the billing, the, the follow-ups, uh, you know, just, just the back end of it. That's the, that's the way it gets a nightmare yeah. of it. Yeah. That's what gets tough.
4: Yeah, you'd be surprised how often I hear that doing this kind of an interview. And the reality is most of us that started our own business in the fitness industry were incredibly knowledgeable coaches and trainers and great at getting people healthier. But the skill set to be a good business owner and the skill set to be a good coach are vastly, vastly different. And so I'm sure that you've picked up a thing or two in the 18 months. It seemed... Like you've learned, and and you're still here, so you must be doing something right. <laughs> you know what I mean. So now that we're operating with some level of normalcy, post COVID, if you will, walk us through some of the typical services that you have here at Optimal. If I'm to walk through your doors, what is there for me to sign up for?
5: Um, as you walk through the door, you always be greeted, obviously, with one of our coaches or member. We create a culture where. Uh, I emphasize and I'm, I'm, listen, I'm I'm a very strict guy. A lot of people say, are you a military guy? No, I didn't go to the military, but, like, if I'm showing two minutes late, I'll let you know I'm showing two minutes late. So i am make sure we create a culture. If, even, if I'm not in the building, one of our members or coaches will go ahead and welcome that person in. There is a waiver. I'm still old school. Um, there's a clipboard. They put their name everything down. They write all their information down. And as they get there, our number one goal is, hey, what can I help you with? We're not trying to sell you anything. I'm not here trying to make you feel guilty about anything. So what we do is we'll go through the breakdown. Like, do you want to lose weight? Do you have any health issues, heart rate? Do uh, you have a hip replacement? Uh, are you looking for like group classes? Are you looking for kids? We offer kids classes as well. Uh-huh. Uh, are you looking for personal training? Are uh, you want to do cross training? Are you do want to do like interval high intensity? Once we figure out what they, they want, then we'll put them with the right group of people or with the right coach instead of trying to sell them uh, a package. No, no, no.
4: I see. Okay. So, I mean, and and that makes sense, right? We're not just trying to force feed somebody into a specific program for you guys right now. Where does the, where does the majority of the business come from? Is it the personal training? Is it the group training? Where does, where do most of those clients happen?
5: It's funny you say that because supposedly when you have this group, like, uh, what do you guys call a box or a group environment? Most of your money comes from the group class, but to be honest, I, I can't make this up. It's 50, 51. It could go okay. up either way for PT or, or, or group clients. So one month I can be a 51% PT and it could be 49, 50 group. And it can go either way. It all depends, especially like here in uh, Southwest Florida, Naples, Florida. This time of year, like July, August, everyone, including myself, we go for two or three weeks vacation. Like it might take one week off in July, take two weeks August, but Daniel is it's a little bit slow this time of year. So it varies. Like right now, group is down a little bit, but PT is up. It goes like that pretty much.
4: Okay. Walk me through kind of how we find people in the first place. Obviously, marketing and fitness is somewhat of a unique challenge. How, do we, how have you gotten the leads at least so far in the 18 months that you've been operating? How have you found the people that are members now?
5: I will go ahead and start with... Sorry, I had to backtrack. I apologize for that. But um, back in the days, I would link up with every business. So if I was doing personal training, I would link up with yoga, uh, cycling classes. I would just link up with everyone in the community and I would set up a 10, flyers, marketing, you know, gorilla belly to belly, Mm. all that kind of stuff. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, After covid I haven't printed a piece of paper in two years for this for this yeah. business. Yeah, I just, the rules I like, are
4: a little different now than they were back then, right?
5: So with this saying is uh, being the business and then like since 2009, um, the industry business, especially in this area, um, you get to meet a lot of people, good, good people in the community. Some people on restaurant, hotels, and they know who you are. Small community, so the word travel fast, but uh, the marketing for us is being. A lot of our clients come, believe it or not, through Google reviews. Um, we have gone where we spend money on Instagram and Facebook ads and all that. Really, those reviews. So yeah. I always ask the as first as someone walks in the door, I can you do me a favor? I go and do a review. And they do review. People, the first thing they do, actually, between, I don't know, age 18 to like 40, they look at reviews. Yeah. And if you look at our name, I'm not in like the 12, 13 page. So I get people like, oh, yeah, I was looking for a box, but I see you offer this, but I look at your reviews and I just came in because your review is so awesome. Uh, thank you. Okay. So those reviews are work for us great, to be honest. Yeah.
4: So Google is, is driving a lot of that traffic. And that makes sense, right? If we put ourselves in the mind of somebody looking for a gym or looking for a trainer, I'm probably going to do one of a handful of things. It's Google, it's Facebook, it's Instagram, right? Personal trainer near me boxing trainer near me gym near me whatever it is he has
5: changed has changed
4: right it's it's still tried and true and and google driving those reviews it's going to increase your ranking and and push you further up that list that's a huge focus for you guys you mentioned the idea of of spending some money on on facebook and instagram along the way what was your experience with that
5: uh we did the little click-ons as well like when it comes to like uh Facebook, I didn't get so much out of it. Through IG, I would do like um, to give people's information, like hey, win a $240 value, like let's say, maybe a month or a class and two evaluation with a trainer, and then I would give people's information. Their email, their phone numbers, all that. Once I got that, everybody's a winner. There's no sense of a loser, so I just wish everyone, hey, how's it going? Thank you for, you know, logging here. Congratulations you want to win. What time you want to come in? So I would get like let's say, six, seven people's information.
6: Uh-huh. Out of
5: seven people, I would contact, all, let's say all of them, yeah? And all those people, I would get maybe two three people to show up and then one or two join. So that's are three to one pretty much, you know? Okay. Uh, but it's been good to me through that source, getting people like that, even yeah. when I spending money.
4: Was it you that was running it or did you outsource it to like an agency of some sort?
5: No, actually I got a friend of mine, he does like, uh, um, is really good with the computer stuff and marketing. Uh-huh. He got a marketing degree. So I pay him monthly to run my social media, my Facebook, my Instagram. I got can it. see here trying to do personal training, group closet, manager, owner. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of hats. Yeah, there's a lot of hats. Can't do it all. So I had I to outsource some of the work, other people. Got it. Okay. And
4: so we're generating leads. We get them from a number of sources, right? Social media, Google, probably walk-ins off the street, referrals, whatever they are. Take me to the next step in the process. You mentioned that we try to have a conversation with everybody that walks through the door, but what does a typical sales process look like from the moment they reach out with interest in working with you to the moment they sign up? What does that process look like?
5: So once we sit down, we'll do a, uh, I don't know if if you've done sales call form, family, help me out here, a yeah, form, family, compassion, recreation, motivation. So uh, we kind of break uh, down. I like, wasn't
4: following what you were saying. I get yeah, it.
5: We kind of okay. break down like, okay, what is this person? Do you have a family? You know what I'm saying? So we'll break down everything we do. Once we get all that done and they sit down and we figure out what's their motives and their, their goals and all that. In that mm-hmm. process, they sign the waiver. We pretty much let they ask, you know, people always ask you, hey, can I get prices? You know? And once I figure out when you wanna come in, are you gonna come in a.m. or p.m.? And I'm gonna ask you, oh, what do you wanna come in? Cause like, oh, in the morning, in the afternoon, I wanna you to give me an answer. So every question is follow-up, with the answer I wanna hear. So I don't leave an open question. So you're like, well, I don't know. So there's like, let's say for example, like, I guess robots, oh, well, I've been thinking about it for three months. I'll be, and I gotta to talk to my husband about it. Well, when you walk in today, Mr. Smith, you told me you've been shopping for three months. We do your body fat percentage. We know we gotta lose whatever, 20 pounds. So imagine we started two months ago. You're really halfway through accomplishing your goals. Wouldn't that sound good? You're like, oh yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Oh, I was, you know, like, Would like, your husband
4: really have been upset about that?
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go through the whole situation like that. And then once they get everything done, we make sure they log in through our system. So when they come to class, they get an email. They can log in through the email. We give them a shirt. Uh, we make sure they follow us through Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. But when they leave here, they know like, okay, I know I need to be in class two to three times in the beginning. And I go through their BMR. Like I do a calculator and calculate how many calories got going to be eating, all that. And just set them up for success goals. You know, like, hey, eat this much, come three times a week, take this low. if it's 20, 12, 13, cut all those reps in half so you're not sore for two days, you don't want to come to the gym. But overall, their goal is so giving so much information. They leave you like, well, he answered every question. And then we make sure we realize that we are the place for them to fit in if they're looking for Stairmaster or something, i send them YNCS and somewhere else. Yeah, like, there's I'm probably a cheaper person.
4: option out there. Go do that. Yeah.
5: yeah. Okay. And they're surprised when you do that takeaway. Like, what? You don't, well, you don't want me here. i well,
4: just for your goals. The, the takeaway close is almost more fun than a genuine close. But for you, or, or for the business at least, who's handling the majority of those kinds of conversations? Is it you? Do we have dedicated salespeople? Is it done by everybody? How does that look?
5: So like, uh, it's funny, so I got two people to text me through uh, social media, Instagram, hey, we're out of town. We want to come down check it out on Monday. So I got one of my coaches, Dylan, yeah? So I I won't be here because I got three kids and a wife. So I told, I said, Dylan, do me a favor. Make sure you get to class 20 minutes earlier. Make sure they sign the waiver. Walk them through the gym. They're just dropping by. No pressure. I don't want to sell anything. Just walk them through the gym. You know, I I acclimated to it. So they come in, they pay the 25 drop-in. After that's done if they have any information, a trainer will give you the information. Otherwise, I will do a follow-up through a text or call, me or my wife. Um, and then we follow up with that person where the goals are and everything. And we always, you know, like running a special, like, hey, we never, we never drop our prints down. I don't do that. Like, oh, like, oh, it's $159, but if you join today, I do it for $130. Right. You got to value yourself. So sometimes we do promotional, like, hey, no enrollment fee, you know? or like stuff like that. And it kind of like, okay, if I sign up now, yeah, you save $80, sign up now. Minimum is three months, all right? Uh, Agreement. After that, just month to month. So a lot of people are like, well, I don't know. I can't commit to six months. Well, you update everything. The brand new iPhone, the new purse, the new Porsche. You can't update your fitness. And it kind of comes down to like, okay, sign me up. Yeah. Uh, Most likely my wife is here three days a week. Uh, So she, yeah, my wife here. And um, I have the social media guy to run the social media. And we got about seven, eight trainers and staff. Uh, The reason we'll be able to break big numbers in because the staff. So I'm not trying to take everything by myself. Like, oh, I'm going to do every person. No, we don't do that. Yeah, no. So with that said, we do have a crew. We clean pretty much every day, but we do have a crew on Sunday, staff at two, they come in and they do like a spring clean. Like, hey, we're going to clean all the barbell, oil the barbell, clean the floor, the wall balls, the kettlebell. So I trigger everything now, Uh,
4: pretty much. Okay. And so, this is done by mostly everybody is contributing in some way. And in our conversation, David, so far has, has basically just been how do we get people in and, and how do we close them? For you guys, keeping people, what contributes the most to retention for you? What is, what, in your opinion, what is really driving longevity of memberships?
5: For me, um, I always tell people, listen, in 90 days to retain them so no one wants to sign a contract for six months a year. They don't. So for 90 days, I can guarantee you get results or your money back. And people are like, no, nah. like 90 days. So now for 90 days, if you do personal training, guess what we're doing down every 30 days? We're doing your measurements, we're counting your calories, so you're going to get results. Right? That's guaranteed. And after that, you, you, you stick around. If you're doing a group class, obviously, we don't do, we're going to go into like, hey, we're going to go to your 95% every month. We don't do that. But what we do is we use a text program. So once I look at my program and I see how many people are showing up and I see uh, Thomas he didn't show up, Francis, he didn't show up, they get a text personalized to them. Hey, how's it going? We haven't seen you in a week. And it feels more personal. It says <clears throat> and, you know, feels more personal to do that. And we sit there, we might have to send out 60 texts. Yeah, but they remind themselves to come in. And in a group environment, Joe is going, call Smith. Hey, I haven't seen you in two days. Where are you at? So that kind of like, the, even the members hold each other accountable uh, to, to be able to do that as well. Yep. But the, the follow-up and what, and what makes everyone stick, like I said, we do seminars. So we're always trying to value and teach our clients, hey, this is not just coming workout. Like we're going to do a nutrition seminar. We're going to do a pull-up seminar. We're going to do how to show how to do a rolling seminar. So I was engaging them to give them more uh, knowledge, they're uh, coming in, and it makes it fun for them, and mm-hmm. and they always tell their friends or their family, their, their neighbors, and that's that brings a lot of new members. Well, when we do seminars,
4: got it. Okay, and so we're getting leads in, we're converting leads, we're keeping members. Take this a little bit out into the future with me, David. Hypothetical. What is this business? What's kind of your target here in the next year? What's the big thing on your mind that you're looking to accomplish? For the business. For the business.
5: Okay. Um, We'll explore beyond that after this. (laughs) Overall, um, the idea of the business, for the business to be run by themselves. So the hardest thing that you figure out in these small businesses, owners, you know, it's not really a business. If I'm not working, I'm not making money. It's not a business. It's a job. And that's what I hear a lot of people. And then a lot of people don't want to go back to work and get a real job. So they're okay making 40,000, 50,000 a year and say, I have a business. That's just stupid to do that. Just get a job and get benefits and all that kind of stuff for one care, whatever you get getting. So a lot of my friends in the area that have other businesses, you figure out like they're pretty much running themselves to the ground and they don't have a life. So my number one priority is provide for my family. Yeah. Obviously uh, my employees, uh, they can provide for the family and I can make time for my family because can never go back when my son was three or four years old and say, oh man, I, I couldn't do that. So the ultimate goal is for the business to run by themselves without me being so much present. Yep. Uh, Hands freeze on it. So yep. that's where I stumble a little bit where finding the right place, the right person, training them, make sure, you know, they stay here. That's kind of stuff. The, it's, it's hard to find the right person because it's, a lot of, you have to find out when you're trying to help people out to do it, they always want more. Well, I, I gotta get paid more. Uh, and I need more and I want weekends off. It's like, how many years you be? How many weekends have you worked? You know, like yourself, how many weekends you had to work? You know, try us out and be it's on call. Years, years. So it feels like we're in an era where people feel entitled. And I have a lot of people, I won't mm. say names, but employees, they were like, well, you know, I want to have more time for me to work out. I want to get paid more. Well, we can pay you 90% if I'm the one that opened the business. I got to make sure we pay the bills before I even pay myself. Yep. So with that said, we have about six, seven employees. They got families with kids and everything. So I'm very proud overall that those people, they can can go ahead and and, and do what they love doing, helping other people get their goals and health, and they can provide for their friends and family and their kids and their wife. That's my number one goal, that they can do that. And overall, um, coming to opening a second location, I won't be here as much. So... That's the goal, be more hands-free of the business. I don't have to be here tied to it all the time.
4: Yep. And I think, I mean, it, it sometimes doesn't get talked about that much, but everybody wants to pay their employees more. I think it would be crazy to say, yeah, I, I don't want my employees to make money. But businesses that make more money have the ability to pay their employees more money. And so if we can increase that top, we can definitely bump out a little bit more money to the people that got us here, so everything flows well when the business is making money. You know what I mean.
5: And that doesn't—that getting greedy. So, like when I back in the days when I used to work for a global gym, we used to pay trainers. I know you're gonna laugh. <laughs> Six fifty half an hour. So if you had a person a trainer, man, they had to bust their chops to trying to make twelve dollars, twenty four dollars an hour, whatever. They kill themselves. So what I do from the get go, I start at fifty percent. So if I charge a hundred dollars an hour, then you paid fifty percent. So you know. That's not bad at all. Nope. Uh, I wish we'll that was it. going on when I started, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish I got paid like that. So, uh, we, yeah, we do that. And then when it comes to that, like, when we do host um, seminars or, or competition, if I host a competition and I have a couple of trainers help me out, if we make $7,000, I make sure they get a cut of that percentage of that for the effort they put in and the people they brought in. So now they feel like, Hey, it's my event too. It's not just the gym event. Yeah. So, I don't make them feel like they're employees. I make them feel like, Hey, we all need this together. You Uh know, like if you mop it, I'm Uh mopping. It doesn't make me, it doesn't make me any better.
4: Yeah. I'll never ask somebody to do a job that I can't do or haven't done myself. Right. David, that's a, that's a really, really great place for us to begin to wrap up our conversation. But before we sign out of here entirely, I want to give you the chance to tell people where they can learn more about the business. Is there a website? Is there social media? Where
5: can people go? On oh, our Instagram, like if you Instagram. go to Optimum Fitness Community, yeah, community. On in our Instagram, on our website, it's the same thing. Optimum Fitness Community at Gmail. Uh, um, what's our our Facebook is the same thing. It's pretty much the same name. Um, you can always go IG because I don't really, to be honest with myself, I don't use Facebook. Yeah. Uh, I don't use WhatsApp. I don't, I'm I'm all about IG or what's not new then TikTok?
2: Yeah. <laughs> so,
5: like, I was like, do you have a TikTok account? Like, I I don't, I don't. I'm sorry. It's not yet. <laughs> not yet. It, it, it's like, I, you know, it's hard to keep up with all that, but uh, yeah, the, the most, the thing is ultimate fitness um, community, nice, and RG. Yeah. And Instagram, you can follow us there and you can see everything we pretty much do, what we're hosting everything. Yeah. That's our number one drive that we get people through.
4: That's perfect. David, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time today. These types of conversations and, and being able to be proud of the work that we've put in, but still, got a fire underneath us and know that there's more out there. I can't thank you enough. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you, my man. And I wish you nothing but the best.
5: I appreciate that.
4: Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out.
0: Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
2: Use coupon code Lords on prestigelabs.com for
3: 20% off all future supplement orders.
6: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Jason Crippen from Revamp Fitness out of Herkimer, New York. What's going on, Jason? Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate you as well. I'm excited to have you on, excited to hear a little bit about what you have going on with your facility, or business, so I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, let's not waste any time here. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to start with opening your own fitness facility?
3: Honestly, I started working out for football when I was in middle school in sixth grade, and... I just, you know, I wanted to get better, stronger, faster for the sport. And then I just really, really took a a liking and love for fitness itself. And it just kind of
6: blossomed from there. Awesome. So, so it kind of started with your own love for sports and it really led until you now starting your own fitness facility. So that's really cool. Um, Now I would love for you to give the listeners your own elevator pitch of revamp fitness and the services that you guys offer.
3: Uh, yeah, so we're just a 24-hour uh, facility where you can access. You know, our members and and guests can come in and, and utilize the gym. It, we've got it's a full-service gym. We've got everything from your cardio uh, equipment to um, plate-loaded machines. We got Olympic benches, uh, dumbbells going up to 125, um, five-pound increments. All your barbells, uh, power racks. We do have a CrossFit area in the back. Um, the rigs and stuff like that with an open turf space, um, with a lot of premise and uh, attention given to the, the HIIT workouts and the uh, functional fitness workouts. So, you know, try to cater to uh, every a- a- element of fitness, really. Yeah, We also I mean, offer, offer uh, personal training, one-on-one personal training, small group training, and spin classes as well.
6: Yeah, I was checking you guys out on on Facebook and Yelp before this, actually, and your facility looks really, really nice, you know, very state-of-the-art everything, Um, um, so that's really cool as well, so you're offering mainly open gym, mainly a 24-7 all-access facility, you do a little bit of group training, a little bit of private training as well, that leads me to my next question about how many members are you currently serving right now? About 800. 800, okay, okay, so you're sitting at 800 members, I do always like to ask, is that a number that you guys want to stop at? Or are you trying to hit the gas right now and see some new faces?
3: I always want to hit the gas and, and every element of the business. So whether it's uh, new members coming into the door, retaining uh, existing members that have been here since we we started bringing
6: back members that and guests that used to come prior to COVID. And, and what's that goal number for you? I know we talked a little bit before this and You know, just touch a little bit on the whole COVID experience, especially you being based out of New York. You guys took a big hit out there. So what would you say is that goal number that you're trying to get to for membership?
3: I would like to be at 1,000 members monthly. If I could be at, that would be, um, that's a pre-COVID number that we were going pretty steady at. And if I could get back to that, I would be real happy.
6: Okay. Okay. And and so... Since you are trying to get to that 1,000 level mark, get back to those pre-COVID numbers, what are you kind of doing actively right now to aid that growth process?
3: So I've done a couple things. The first thing is retention, keeping the members that have stuck with me and have came back from the day that we were allowed to reopen after the pandemic, rewarding my members that have, um, you know supported me throughout the whole pandemic and everything with keeping their rates the same, not raising any rates or doing anything like that. Obviously inflation is a big thing, but right now gas prices, people are raising prices everywhere. So I did keep the um, my general population in the gym, I kept them at the same membership prices. Um, I'm also doing uh, advertising campaigns. I, I We did some billboards to try to attract new members, you know social media, Facebook, stuff like that. We try to offer um, uh, I put some stuff out on a decals out on the window we had professionally made to um, advertise our services, our one on one personal training, other elements of, revenue that you know is beyond just the scope of you know walking into an open gym and using the gym on your own time so just
6: advertising those additional services that we offer as well okay okay cool so you've done a little bit of everything you know some some billboard advertising you have decals um you've even done some facebook and instagram advertising as far as the billboards here how, how did that work for you i'm curious were you able to track You know, at least if someone did come in off a billboard advertisement, were you able to track that so you could see if you made a return on investment?
3: I should, you know, a good business owner should do that. But honestly, I did not do that. I kind of generically did. I, I always ask like new faces to come in. I'll ask them, oh, how did you hear about us? You know. A lot of people will say, "Oh, I saw your billboard, and you know, I've been uh, procrastinating for several weeks or several months or whatever, and then I saw your billboard, and it's the beginning of the new year, you know, January 2022." And so, yeah, you know, I I took note of it, but I didn't get into the numbers and stuff and crunch it that way. But
6: yeah, which is okay. I mean, the the difficult thing about you know, like word of mouth and radio advertising billboard putting up flowers is that it is hard to track, right? It's hard to, to track where those members are coming from, and then hard to scale as well. Um, so that is one way, at least from what I've seen, how, how Facebook ads, Instagram, or just in general, digital marketing has really changed the game. For you, how, how's that been as well? How's, you know, are you running ads on Facebook and Instagram? Or is it more so you know, like Google SEO ads. No, we do a lot.
3: I haven't actually ever do on um, Google SEO. Just because we're a small business, um, you know, one entity gym. We're not. We're we're not a chain. We don't have multiple locations yet. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, what I found is I, I. And I've dabbled in different types of advertising, print advertising, and newspapers and stuff like that. And I. I you know, honestly, I had stuff made where there was coupons come in, you know, um, get your first day pass for free and stuff like that. And literally I didn't get any. I think that um, this generation has moved to digital. So you don't get so much on. Pre- I mean, honestly, a lot of people don't read a, like a coupons catalog and come in and, and click the coupons and bring them in. But I tried it and, it and it just didn't work for us. But I've seen huge return on investment as far as um, social media, Instagram, um, Facebook, you know, not only, um, you know, the younger generation, but, you know, I think Facebook is a little bit, um, more like my parents and stuff like that right. and grandparents and stuff like that. But yeah, we've had really good results on social media.
6: There you go. There you go. And are you, are you at least, so you're running like paid ad campaigns through Facebook business manager, I'm assuming, and then running them yeah. on Instagram as well. Okay. Are, are you guys doing those in-house or do you hire more of like a team or a marketing company to help you out with that?
3: So when I first opened to keep costs low, I did it on my own. And then as the business grew, it was one of those elements that I was just like, whoa, this is, you know, I'm getting pulled in all these different directions. And I'm sure any other gym gym owner knows exactly what the feeling is like. Um, so I did look into, of course, the COVID happened. And then we, we opened back up and I continued doing it again. I started looking into it early this year and to having somebody, uh, take it over and to do it for me. But I just found that the price wasn't worth it. I could, I've been successful doing it before. I basically said to myself, I don't know how I'm going to make the time, but I'm going to make it work. I'm not spending astronomical amount of money when inflation is raising the price of my protein powder and everything else. Um, you know, that I get here, even if I'm buying a replacement part for, you know, a gym, they uh, what used to cost me $17 on FedEx. The delivery here is now like $28 or $30. Yeah, crazy. So I just don't, um, you know what I'm saying? It's just one of those things. We're a small um, boutique gym in upstate New York. So I just feel like it's one of those things that if I can, alleviate costs and do it on my own I'm gonna do it on my own and I also think that like I found myself when I've I've hired other people to do videos and stuff like that for me and then I'll put the ad on whether it be social media you know Instagram or stuff like that but I find myself directing it anyway and saying this is what I want I want this first
6: shot here and so I might as well just do it myself yeah yeah I know and good for you I mean that's part of you know, starting a business is wearing all the hats at some point, right? You know, things you didn't sign up for. So, you know, I really doubt any gym owner got into ownership thinking they would have to be good at marketing, kind of just one of those things that, that comes with it that you have to hop on or, you know, outsource to someone else. Um, how many leads are you able to get per, per week or per month from the ads that you do run?
3: it depends on the month and it depends on the promotion that we're offering so it's varied I really can't I don't have a cookie cutter answer for that just because like when it's the holidays you know we'll offer uh you know buy a gift certificate you get a free membership and you can give that to yourself or you can gift that to the person that you're getting the you know the gift certificate for so obviously holiday time people are into spending anything anyway. They're, they know they're going to spend, right. they're buying gifts or they're looking for novel gift ideas for people. So it, it depends on, on the season. The summertime when people want to be out more, we offer a promotion for returning college students that are, you know, this is their hometown, their area. They're coming home for the summer to be with their families. So we offer them promotion and we will
6: promote that. So it all depends on what the promotion is and the time of year, to be honest okay. with it. Okay, cool. So you tested out, you know different front-facing offers. What what do you think, at least based off your experience, your location? What type of offers really click with the people that see your ads for you? What type of offers are the ones that that do the best for you?
3: The anything that calls to attention, like if, if, if you know, if like I run an ad that says, um, it was something as really simple as just saying anybody that comments yes on this um, link, uh, we'll get a free membership for a week. That like exploded, like people that I never even heard of like were just coming out of the woodwork and claiming yes. So they were claiming their free one week membership and they were coming in here in droves. And it was awesome because they, a lot of them were like, oh, I didn't even know this place was here. This, This is really nice, once they come in that door and then they see the facility, it's amazing how many of those people I would say probably around sixty percent of those people that came and got a free one week membership, because I mean, who's going to get in shape in one week? You know what I'm saying? But right, it's bringing right, them in. It's bringing them in my front door, and then they're like, "Wow, this is a nice facility," so they they ended up buying memberships after that. So and then some of them are still here. So you know, I mean, it's it was awesome. So anything that um, brings you know them to create some sort of action, call to action.
6: And people love free too, right? You have the oh, word absolutely. free.
3: Yeah. People jump all over that.
6: <laughs> yeah. You, you have the word free, and all of a sudden you got people from, you know, a state or two over clicking on your ads. Um, no, that's hilarious. That, that's awesome too. And, and let's see, as far as the leads that you do get on a weekly or monthly basis, would you say that's something that you're satisfied with, or, or would you rather be having more people come in consistently that, you know, you guys could try and close? <sighs>
3: I'm never satisfied. I'm always looking to push. And like you said, you know, oh, I have my foot on the gas pedal. I just want to, I, I never take my foot off the gas pedal because I think if you get complacent and you get comfortable, that's where your business stalls and it ends up dying eventually. We're it's in upstate necessary. New York. I mean, it's uh, different than even being, and people think of New York, they think of the city and stuff like that. This is totally different atmosphere around here. So yeah Uh, but yeah i always want to i always want to bring in more members i always want to retain and have a higher retention rate i always want to um keep my facility cleaner you know everything in every aspect i want to be better
6: definitely and that was i mean a core tenant that that someone passed along to me as well it was grow or die right especially with business really if you're not growing and moving forward technically your business is dying so you know, I, I like that perspective that, that you have as well. Now, as far as let's say your process here, let's see me myself, right? I, I'm on Instagram, I see an ad for your gym here. And I decide to walk in see what you guys have going on. Um, what's kind of your process from turning me into an interested lead into a paid member? So
3: as the business owner, anybody that uh, is employed for me, I, I make the first and foremost um, one of the most important aspects that I tell them in their training, their onboarding, is the connection with the people. Um, you wear many hats um, from, you know, my staff that works customer service here. Whether you're, and A lot of them think that they're just going to come in here and sell gym memberships and make protein shakes for people. And that it's going to be this wonderful, glorious job. Yeah. Um, but we, it's not like a large gym where you go into where they have a membership consultant that's going to come out and talk to you. You know, the, the person at the front desk picks up the phone and calls a membership consultant and they come out and they sell you the gym membership. Yeah. We do it all here. Uh, so somebody walks in my front door, I encourage my staff to get out of your chair, ask them if, if they, you can always tell when people are new to a gym, they come in right. and they, they do the look around, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and then we'll ask them introduce yourself, get out of your chair, introduce yourself make them feel comfortable especially the the housewives or people that have never been into a gym and it's intimidating just walking in the front door we want to make them feel comfortable from the moment they walk in the door and then the second thing is is to give them a tour of the facility we're a 9,000 square foot facility it's not huge but people don't know what they're looking at if you just say okay you know walk around if you need anything my name's Jason let me know they don't know what they're looking at a lot of the times so we you know like I tell them, you don't have to be a personal trainer level knowledge to be able to show them that there's a TV on the cardio machines. People love that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's certain things that you can take them and show them out on the floor that it's going to make them feel comfortable. Uh, one of the things is, is that we do a free session with a personal trainer with the purchase of any of our memberships for a whole hour. People love that because they come in here and they don't know. I mean, the last thing I want to do is sell a gym membership to, to somebody that comes in and doesn't know what they're looking at or let alone how to use it. I want them to feel comfortable. So, um, but yeah, so is if they've never been here before, give them a tour around, make them feel comfortable, make them understand that we're not just here to sell them a gym membership. We want to help them reach their goals. And part of that process is getting them a trainer for an hour, um, and showing them how to properly use the equipment, what the equipment's for.
6: Yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, you know, the gym could be a scary place, right? And, you know, a foreign place more than anything, they, they don't know how, how to use certain machines, they're nervous about being around a bunch of people. So so making sure that first meeting is personable, you know, showing them that you care about their goals, you know, walking them through the workout, I think that's super important as well for keeping a client long time or long term. Um do you guys track your conversion rate at all, or your close rate for you know the leads that do come in versus the amount that you're able to turn into a member?
3: I wish I did. That's something that like we were talking about that I want to keep my foot on the gas pedal on. That's something I definitely need to start doing, but I haven't as of yet. It's just my mind doesn't work in that aspect. You said you're a numbers guy, like you know, um, which I think is awesome. But I think that we can all learn from each other, business owners, gym exactly. owners, um, and you know, I'm. I'm I, I never stop learning. I, I. I always look to see what the newest, latest. Are. I get uh, publications. Um, you know, fitness equipment magazines. I. get, You know, part of club magazine stuff like that. It's all. It has all gym owners from across the country, and um, just basically tells you the new trends. Uh, it was awesome for during uh, the pandemic. It was telling the different you know ways that businesses are mediating and getting around the restrictions and still being able to get some sort of income coming in. So, yeah, you just have to constantly keep educating yourself and um, and researching and finding ways to, um, to to bring in people in your door and retain the other members that are here, like you said.
6: Yeah, 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 definitely. Being well-rounded, hitting all three of those pillars of growth. Um, um, do you guys, Do you ha- I'm, I'm assuming you have, you said not a sales team, correct, but you have front desk people that make the sales for you? Correct. Okay, okay sounds good. Um, definitely. And and let's see if you could wave a magic wand here, right, Jason, let's say a magic business wand, have your business be in the exact position that you want it. What would that really look like to you? The perfect revamp fitness?
3: It would be a facility that offers more than just fitness um, that's part of the reason why I named the business revamp because I, it's about uh, revamping your lifestyle it creates you know the holistic and, and you know the nutrition and eating and um, there's a huge push on you know supplementation and um, you know just just every element of, of fitness I would also see several other gyms in the future being opened up um, maybe in some other states but um, I, I've always stuck to the fact that i don't want to be this gym that is trying to do because i feel like there's a lot of box gyms out there now and it's no disrespect to anybody else that's doing their thing um i just believe that i want to focus on one element and that's like you know i think that like if you go into a lot of gyms uh some big corporation gyms they they try to please everybody they have you know a hot stone room for you know for doing yoga they have a spin studio that it can be so overwhelming for people so Basically, I want to keep a small business model, just an open gym facility with personal training and just try to keep it grassroots. We have, we do have a uh, spin here, but that was never a part of the original plan. It just, um, a woman came to me and, and pitched it, and that's how we
6: ended up getting spin. But uh, like I said, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, you mentioned that you wanted to start doing nutrition and selling supplements in your facility as well. Is that something that you're pushing towards as of now?
3: I think I might have misspoke again when I said, um, you know, supplementation. I just, I meant like holistic, like eating and just, you know, taking, getting proper sleep, hydration, just educating people is basically what I meant. Supplementation, there's so much out there and it's all on the internet now. I I found that if I buy protein powders and try to sell them here at my uh, pro shop, it's they move a little bit, but it's not really worth the, the, the time and investment. I don't believe for me here in upstate New York because of the internet and how easy you can buy stuff. Right. At, you can go to Walmart, you can go to Amazon and have it shipped to your door the next day. I just, I don't believe that that's something that's uh, really would be uh, a niche for, for this business.
6: And And Jason, what would you say is like the biggest bottleneck that you're facing right now from getting to the point of not only surpassing your COVID numbers, right, but positioning yourself so that you can expand and open more facilities, open another revamp fitness like how you want to?
3: Uh, right now, I mean, and there's no, there's nothing saying that I couldn't do that right now. I just, I'm one of those people that I just want to make sure that I look, I tie up loose ends before I go on yeah. to the next thing. I just can't relax and focus if I'm focusing out here, whereas, you know, and I, I left something behind that wasn't tied up properly. So yeah. I want to make sure that I can rebound from, I'm still paying off stuff from COVID. So I, I want to make sure that we take care of that and that we get I can continue to guide this gym in the right direction and and not have to worry about it being successful while I'm focusing my attention on other facilities.
6: Right. Right. I mean, expanding or, or scaling is kind of like a copy and paste method, right? So you want to have that first facility good to go, all the loose ends tied up, have all your processes in play. So that really all you do is just copy and paste one facility to the next makes the transition a lot more easier. At least when you, take a look at, you know, all your responsibilities as a business owner, which is a lot, right? What are some things that you want to be more well-rounded on for when you do move to the next facility? What are some of those loose ends that you're looking to tie up right now?
3: Um, Paying off my commercial loans, paying off my lenders. Um, There's a (laughs) few renovations that I plan on. I've, I've been working on since the pandemic. Um, only my family and myself know those renovations, but it's to enhance the, my members' experience here. Um, it's Basically to, to also um, separate my facility uh, from other facilities. Um, and it's nothing equipment-wise, it's just um, the overall feel of being in the facility. Uh, like I said, when I first opened and I, I chose to go with the boutique model, it was so it, you don't walk into this just with like warehouse lighting where it's just really bright like if you're walking into Walmart you know yeah. exactly what I'm talking about and it's just wide open and there's just equipment everywhere and it's just you have no idea it's just I don't know I just feel like it's intimidating and um, so I just want to have more of like a family environment we've definitely created that here in upstate New York we have everybody uh, that I shouldn't say everybody but the majority of members that come here and make friends with other members here I've even seen people that you know, meet their significant other in my gym. I'm sure other gym owners see it all the time. And it's awesome. It's a great feeling to be able to provide an environment for people to not only get healthy, but to meet new people and uh, strike up new business contacts and stuff like that. So it's a
6: good feeling. Awesome. I, I love it. And, and where do you think, obviously you haven't got to that point yet, but but you talked a little bit about wanting to open more facilities. What would be the next state of choice, right? Because you're avoiding New York as of right now is from what, from yeah, that, just, idea that I got from you.
3: I just feel like it's just a tough uh, state to run a business. In. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? And there's no disrespect. My family's born and raised here. I love my family. I'm close to my family and stuff like that. But obviously, um, you know, after COVID-19 and it was one of the States that was hit the hardest. I think that we were maybe one other state, California, was shut down longer than us. Um, but I definitely would be looking, my mom lives in Florida. I like it out there. It's sunny out there. It's, it's, um, mm-hmm. People, I believe, are more health conscious. Maybe I'm wrong by that, but I think maybe because the location of the water, people are wearing bathing suits more year-round and shorts and flip-flops and stuff like that. I just think that people are more health conscious down there. People are uh, around here; they hate the winter. They bundle up. Some of them you don't even see in the you know some some of my members are snowboards. They you don't they leave in November. They said, "Oh, we'll see you in May," you know, and they're gone. You know, so. i I don't know i just i like it there and i just like i think that real estate's booming down there there's just so many elements of florida that i really like right now so
6: florida texas is another one yeah florida Texas. same thing with texas i i'm i mean i'm based out of california we talked about this but i have i mean i'm sure you heard of the great california to texas migration here ton of people just reading about this real estate's doing really well um But yeah, is there any milestones in your head that you'd like to hit before opening up the next facility? Is there anything, any boxes that need to be checked for you to where it's like, okay, once I get this, this, and this done, then I'll be ready to open that next facility.
3: Absolutely. It's uh, first of all, getting the right people in place. If I'm not going to, if I'm going to be like, I was telling you, if I'm going to be focusing in in my attention and I'm in Florida in another state, I want to make sure that who's here running this facility is going to run it well and not only run it well but somebody that you can trust trust is a huge thing with me um you can have somebody that's book smart that's been in gyms their you know their whole life and they have an abundance of experience but if you don't trust that person to not be stealing out of your till or you know because they don't like the way somebody looks at them in the gym or they, they, they they're kicking people out or they're just you know what i'm saying it's just it's a huge undertaking you know i mean when you're running a facility you're managing the staff you're managing the the people that come in there there's going to be member complaints people are upset and they want answers yesterday and the way you talk to these people and the way that you overcome issues like that is as personnel and you got to have a good person in in place but the other thing is the other thing that i would want to do is there's um i have probably 90% of one of my investors, good friend of mine from Charlotte, North Carolina, plastic surgeon. Um, I was blessed that he, he gave me some, some startup financial money, just getting him paid off and, and getting uh, one more of my loans paid off, which we're getting there. So just once I get those taken care of and I believe memberships starting to, to steady out, I get worried with inflation. That's a question mark too. So, once the market hopefully starts steadying out and I get those other two things accomplished, then I think I'll be there.
6: Definitely. And and Jason, we know what you want for your business now, right? We know, obviously you have a passion for your members, for the team that's around you and a passion for continuing to grow and eventually, you know, opening up more revamped fitnesses. Um, What is it that you want from your business, right? What do you want the business to give back to you and your family what's that big picture for you
3: um the fact
6: that we're changing people's lives like that's why
3: i got into this it's and it's honestly alex it's not so much the physical aspect yeah when you're in your 20s you you want to you know you want to look good, you know, and stuff like that. And you work out and stuff like that. And like I said, I started for football. But now it's more the mental aspect of things. When I'm having a stressful day, there's nothing better than getting together with a friend or putting on my headphones and just crushing some squats and some deadlifts. And that endorphin rush that I get after I'm done working out, I want everybody to share that and feel that with me. You know what I'm saying that? And it's, it's just such a great feeling of mine to to be able to, one of my billboards that I did the first year I opened was a guy that lost over a hundred pounds. It was his before and after picture. And the, the whole saying of the billboard was changing lives one person at a time. That makes me feel amazing. Just that one person. And I still see him. He's, he works at a local grocery store. Every time I see him in there and his word of mouth, his story has inspired other people, to come to my facility, he works at a grocery store in the, in the meat uh, area and he gets a lot, just by talking to people, people are like, wow, dude, you lost a lot of weight, whether they're customers and stuff, you know, how did you do it? And then he says, oh, I go down to rehab fitness and, you know, people are coming in just on word of mouth. Like you were saying, that's one of the best advertisements you can have. But I think to answer your question is, what I get back from that is just that feeling that I've succeeded in helping other people make life changing uh, decisions by whether it's losing weight or get stronger for a sport or, you know, anything really. I love it.
6: I love it. I love it. And I think that's a pretty good place to start to wrap things up on this episode, Jason. But before we do sign out of here, please give a shout out to your website, social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, just so the listeners could find some more info on you and your gym.
3: Absolutely. So we are at, on Google or any website, um, our search engine, you can just type us in or revamp-fitness.com. And our social media is revamp fitness, New York on Instagram and then revamp fitness on uh, Facebook.
6: Yes, you guys, make sure you check them out. Jason Crippen from Revamp Fitness out of Herkimer, New York. Did I pronounce it correct?
3: Yes, you did. Yeah.
6: <laughs> Herkimer, New York, you guys. Make sure you check them out. Revamp Fitness. I appreciate you once again. And as for the listeners, don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe if you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry click the link in the description fill it out and our team will be in touch with you soon and as always until next time gym lords out
0: thank you so much for listening if you found this content valuable here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free one grab a free copy of alex Ramosi's best selling book gym launch secrets at alexsbook.com two join our free facebook group at alexsgroup.com